Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. Tomorrow, the last soccer keep is money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my people, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready. Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome back to the Aron Sports Podcast. It is Friday, September 25th, 2020. Frank Aron here as always. And uh, after week one, we're uh, coming back here a day later too, but I know Rob's been busy with uh, work and volleyball playoffs and everything, and I've been busy with work too, so uh, we're going to get out here on a Friday and then try to get back to our normal schedule, but albeit it's uh, nice to have football back and and kicking again. So anyway, let's bring on the other member of the pod. And uh, how you doing there, Crabber? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, like you mentioned, yeah, I'm really busy here trying to fit everything in. It's uh, not a lot of time here for sure. Definitely uh, excited for football on, on one hand, but then we'll get into it in the weekend recap. It's a pretty brutal weekend uh, all around, especially for me. <laughs> yeah, I I hear you there. And uh, the, the Vikings, too, has, has been equally as bad. So across the board. Even as far as like entertainment goes, I know we didn't have a pot out before week one, and the first week one games and were okay, and then even last week was just kind of blah. But uh, yeah, I guess we'll expand on that further here in a little weekend recap. Let's go ahead and uh, do that now. The weekend recap. All right, so how did uh, week two treat you from a betting perspective? Yeah, like I alluded to, it uh, wasn't good. It's was pretty frustrating for sure. All the all all together when you put everything into it it uh just yeah i just turned out pretty bad like you said the vikings there i had a play on them i thought it's a pretty good value and a basically a spot where if they had anything in the tank if they're going to be a decent team that would have been a perfect spot for them after i know just zimmer off the off the bot or not the buy but after a loss he's always really good uh kind of similar to like belichick and the patriots with the coach like that and then with uh, Indianapolis, I just thought they're over Valley, but obviously that just couldn't have been a worse play there. And I think that just goes to show you how uh, little faith here I have going in with this Minnesota team. I mean, I know I was telling other people as well, if they if they didn't show up at all uh, in week two, uh, like they didn't do last week, I think it was definitely going to be a long season. So here here we are, and it seems like it's going to be a little bit of a <laughs> of a of a haul for them for sure. I just don't really see what they got. But uh, yeah, other plays, the only one I really came close with was Dallas and. I wasn't on the right side at all, but the thing that, that really frustrated me is I got a, a decent number. I got two and a half myself, uh, laying two and a half. So that one, I don't, when we talked about it last week, I mean, I think I liked it anything under four or four or under. So, I mean, when it goes all the way through that, it went from, you know, four and a half, five, something like that, all the way through four, which is a somewhat key number, all the way. And then I got through three, um, not just landing on three, but through three at two and a half, and then still not getting, uh, getting the, got the, they ended up winning outright, but not getting the cover. It's just kind of frustrating too, especially when all that money comes in. Like, I mean, uh, we can talk about it more, but yeah, the fact that I don't know who's betting these, these teams, uh, say for example, when they could get Atlanta plus four and a half, plus five earlier in the week, and then they're betting them at plus three before kickoff. It just, boy, it just, just doesn't make sense to me. And then the fact that that money gets home 
Um, and you add in the fact with all those turnovers, uh, which we'll get into when we get to the, the, the those teams. But yeah, the the turnover, especially in that first quarter, we talked about it watching the games, just just pretty ridiculous. So, um, yeah, that one still wasn't the right side of the bet. And then Detroit uh, came out early and just couldn't uh, couldn't hold with them the second half with the, with Green Bay. So yeah, just pretty frustrating. Another typical effort for Detroit. So yeah, for me, just an uh, all around bad weekend from my personal plays uh, perspective. And hopefully, we can get jump uh, jump back in here and uh, not start off uh, continue to start the season this bad. Yeah, I, uh, I, a couple of my bad low lights were the same thing. I had the Vikings as a one and a half unit play that didn't get through for all, all the reasons you stated. And then Detroit that jumped out early and looked like they were going to cruise to at least cover and, and then ended up getting blown out. So I was kind of disappointed, but then I had a pair of overs that got there easily. Uh, I had no Dallas Atlanta over 53 and they scored almost 80 points combined and it was turnovers helped that early, but. They were also just going up and down the field, and I think my the Atlanta being a dead nuts over team is just pretty spot on. And then uh, the Oakland, or I guess not Oakland, the the Vegas New Orleans total over forty eight and a half on Monday night that got there pretty easily. I ended up getting to fifty eight, and that one I I wasn't as gung ho. I know I said I liked the favorite and the over, and I kind of shied away from that a little bit as the the week went on with Michael Thomas being out and and just kind of. Thinking about Breeze, you know, I don't know, like he's just getting older now and I don't know, he just doesn't push the ball downfield and stuff. So I, I still thought the number was kind of low and I thought the over was going to be okay, but I kind of shied away from the Saints a little bit and then would factor in the opening of the stadium and all that. So I'm glad I made the right call and stayed with the over, but uh, got away from the side, which is nice. So I ended up two and two on my plays and got my, my pick of the week home. So. Not the best week in the world, but not the worst week either. So hopefully we can uh, get a red hot here for a few weeks starting up here soon. Like I, like I was talking about, though, it just seemed like a lot of the games in general, there just there really wasn't a whole lot of exciting games. You know, you had like the Bears-Giants that got interesting there for a little bit, and and maybe it was just a little bit of bias since we both had, you know, the Vikes on the main TV and we're like their biggest uh, – interest is with them and that was just an absolute dud from start to finish but it just seemed like there were a lot of games like that and there really hasn't been a whole lot of uh barn burners here late i guess the, the atlanta dallas game was pretty interesting even though the the field goal at the end didn't change the, the spread but there's just a lot of just blah games that uh, hopefully that'll change uh, going forward here all right um let's do another is at least one qualifier here, so let's go ahead and do the getting the best of the number segment. Getting the best of the number. All right, so which games did the number come into play last week, Rob? Yeah, like you mentioned, we just had one. Uh, what we looked at here, and it just was a total here in the Carolina-Tampa Bay game. Total here opened 49 and closed uh, 46 and a half, 46 somewhere in there, and it cleared the number pretty easily. This one landed 31 to 17, right on 48. So um, another one, pretty good example there, going through the number. And like we talked about in the pre-show here, we there's quite a few that had close to uh, around the number for spread and total, but none that were actually qualified. There's you know half a point off or something like that. So we didn't include it obviously because it wasn't very bettable, or at least not widely available, but. Um, there's still quite a few examples uh, if you could shop around and stuff too, but this one was definitely uh, the best example and pretty much the only example we could uh, put in a segment here this week. All right, sounds good. Let's go ahead and move on to week three here. Uh, we, since we didn't do it earlier in the week, we uh, missed the Thursday game, but 
there wasn't much of a, a game or a matchup with the Dolphins and Jags, so I don't, I don't think either of us probably had too strong opinions on that game, so probably a good one uh, to miss. So let's go ahead and jump right to Sunday here. Looks like we got, uh, we got what, how many early games we got this time? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There's... We got eight early games, or... Let's see. I think there's, I think there's five in the afternoon if I remember right. Well, um, yeah, eight and five. Wow, that's that's a way better uh, split. I'm I'm super happy with that. That's great. All right, uh, sweet. First uh, early game we got here is uh, the Raiders heading to New England to play the Pats. Looks like New England's five and a half point home favorites here. The total of forty-seven and a half. Yeah, and uh, this week, like I'll do every week, I'll get my power rate number, which is a strict number between the two teams, taking out anything of you know recency or anything else or any kind of bias or positioning or spots, anything like that. Travel will not be included, just you know, strict number. And then uh, I'll give a look headline from the Westgate, which we've always used since we started the podcast, which is crazy now. We're going, going on what now, four or five years we've been doing this. It's kind of crazy how the time flies. But, yeah, again, yeah. we use the Westgate Superbook in Las Vegas as the – Look at line, which basically means the bettable line before last week's game, so you can kind of see how much the spread was adjusted from one week of play. And then the opener, which is what they, uh, the Westgate opens the, the spread at after the game is played there on Sunday. It's usually Sunday night or, or Monday morning, depending on some situations, assuming that there's not huge injuries like a, a running back or a, a quarterback. And then the total uh, opener as well. So those are the numbers I'll give like I do every uh, podcast. So yeah, let's, let's do this one here. Uh, Vegas at, the Patriots and uh, my power rating here, New England minus four and a half. Look at line, New England six and a half. The opener here was New England six and a half as well. The total here opened, uh, of course, was a Monday night game for Las Vegas. It was 47 before the Monday night football game is what they opened for a little bit. And then after uh, the Monday night game, Tuesday morning, it reopened at 48. So a point adjustment there on the total. Um, I guess I'll start here. To, to me, this game, I, I kind of like this game a little bit. I already got some money on the Patriots here. Um, from my personal perspective, I haven't made a move yet, but I feel like that's the only way I'm going to look. I, I like like the Patriots side. I feel like Vegas is going to be in a pretty bad spot here after that huge Monday night win, their grand opener on that new stadium, Allegiant Stadium there in Vegas, and looks like a pretty sweet stadium. I've drove by that a handful of times when I'm there, and uh, so you know, good for them. But, of course, Gruden, you could just see like the looks on their face at the end and their smiles, and it you know, looks like they're uh, – <laughs> making it deep in the playoffs or going to the Super Bowl. So, you know, good for them. Kudos. But at the end of the day, it's it was week two, and it's against the Saints team that was a little banged up, uh, like you mentioned earlier, and, and Breeze is getting older every every minute too. So um, to me, it just seems like I'm not in love with the Patriots, but like I said last podcast, I just really think Newton's going to be a huge upgrade, and I think we saw that so far in the last few weeks. And, again, a small sample size, but I think we're going to keep seeing him get better as opposed to getting – worse obviously having more time with the team and getting everything and the chemistry everything uh, jiving so to me it seems like they can only get better and I think Newton's looked a lot he just has a lot more options for New England compared to Brady I mean Brady was so limited between not being able to run not being able to evade pressure uh, and then obviously a a little bit limited to downfield throws so I think Newton's definitely opens up the doors uh, for McDaniels in the offense so it just seems like this is just a spot here for no, the spot's good, and I think I like the Patriots and getting the, you know, the coaching staff obviously with Belichick. So it seems to me like this is a decent spot for for the Patriots here to lay, lay the points. Of course, it comes in right around my power rating, so I don't feel like there's a ton of value, but that'd be the way I'd look. And then this total, I'm sure uh, it seems like you might be on it as well, but I feel like this is another one just to go over. I feel like both these teams, uh, especially with the Patriots, be able to put some points. I think that that defense from last year, I think, is a little bit 
maybe overvalued just because of the teams they played and the strength of schedule from offense from the offenses they played uh, perspective. So I think the defense is going to be a little bit more uh, liable from this Patriots perspective. And then also then we already know the Raiders defense isn't very good. So it seems to me this is going to be a, a higher scoring game. So uh, especially now it's getting bet down a little bit. Uh, anything 47, 47 and a half. Yeah, I definitely like that uh, over as well. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I don't love it um, like I have with some other times just because I feel like the Pats are just kind of a goofy team, and I could see them kind of being like the team they, against the Dolphins a couple weeks ago where it's 21-11, or I could see it kind of getting into a shootout a little bit more. And I think if you've made the case that, well, the team they're playing is going to kind of dictate how that goes, then, yeah, the Raiders, you know, it's been 34-30 and 34-24, the other, both their games this year. So if if it plays at the Raiders' pace and the Pats go along with it, then I think, yeah, this is a pretty pretty cheap number. and Definitely like the over, but I just I'm not totally sure. It just seems like, yeah, I agree that it's a pretty bad spot, I think, for the Raiders. 2-0, and traveling across the country after a big opener of the stadium or the first home game ever in Vegas. It just doesn't seem like a great spot. So there, I think there is a little bit of a potential for them to just kind of dud out and not really get a whole lot done here. And I feel like I like if I had to pick between the two of them, I think I like the Patriots more than the over, but that's uh, absolutely the way I would lean too. So not sure if I'll necessarily like release this as a play or, or, or move on it, but uh, I totally have been lockstep with you there that I uh, like New England. All right, next game, I got the Rams heading to Buffalo. Looks like the Bills here are two-and-a-half-point home favorites with a total of 46-and-a-half, 47. Yeah, my power rating here, Buffalo minus one-and-a-half. Look headline. Buffalo three and a half, even money on the Westgate open. Buffalo three and a half, uh, just a flat one ten, and then the total here open forty six and a half. This one I don't have as much on. I, I think if I'm going to bet this game, it would be only the one side I could look, and that'd be the Buffalo side. I just feel like they're a better team from from top to bottom, and the defense is better. And I just don't really trust Goff. It's a lot of it too, but of course I don't have a whole whole lot more faith, whole lot more faith than Allen though either. So it seems to me like these are kind of similar teams in a way. You got. Decent coaches, younger coaches that are kind of ahead of their time or you know, definitely not the older style of coaches with the old style thinking and kind of trying to be on the cutting edge of, of what they're trying to do and you know build cultures and stuff. So it seems to me this is a, a similar team. So obviously that's kind of right where it is. Like, like I mentioned earlier, I give about a point, point and a half for home field advantage here this year, just on, on average. Obviously it's going to vary for a lot of different factors. But yeah, it seems to me that this, for the most part this, this spreads – Kind of right in line, but I feel like if you're going to take a shot here, be with Buffalo laying a, a small amount of points here, less than a field goal, just because uh, with the Rams, just especially with the travel too, traveling. I guess they are, they are staying on the east side, but so I mean, not being at home, so we'll see if that affects them at all, uh, how that works out. But um, yeah, to me, I don't have a whole lot in this game. It'd be, a, I guess, the smallest of leans to Buffalo. Yeah, I don't really, I don't have an opinion on this game. I, I think of anything, I'd probably look under because I just don't, I don't know what to make of the Rams yet, and. There, I don't know. Like the last last week, they ended up putting up 37 against the Eagles and played fairly good. But I wasn't even like I don't know, like overly impressed with them either. And then they beat the Cowboys in Week One, and I'm not really totally sure what to make of that game and kind of a lower scoring game. So I just I think the Rams are definitely improved from where they were last year. But I don't know if they're like an average team or an above average team. I'm not totally sure what what to make of them yet. And I think the Bills, I kind of feel more comfortable. I think they're just a solidly above average team that is probably going to make the playoffs. And 
is going to be decent, but I don't think they really have any like too high of a ceiling as far as advancing deep into the playoffs aspiration wise. So as as far as it goes for this week, I don't think there's really a big spot advantage. They're both two and zero, and sure the the Rams are staying on the East Coast, which might hurt them a little bit. But I I don't know. I just I don't I think the Bills coming off their two and zero against the uh, the Jets and the Dolphins is kind of about as easy as it gets. And they were up on the, they only ended up beating the Dolphins by three, but they were up more on them. So I think that's a little bit misleading, but I also think the level of competition was so bad that I don't, I'm not super impressed by that either. So for me, it's kind of a wait and see on both these teams. Um, like I said, even though I feel a little bit more confident what I, what I think the Bills are, but as far as this week goes, I really, like, I don't think any outcome would really surprise me here. So. I think more than anything, I'd be wanting to bet against the team that goes three and zero in you know, next week, as opposed to anything involving either of these teams this week. Next game, we have Houston heading to Pittsburgh. Uh, Steelers laying four at home here, the total of forty-five. Yeah, my power rating here: Pittsburgh minus five. Look at line: Pittsburgh five and a half. The opener here was Pittsburgh minus six. Total here open forty-five. So. A little bit of money here on Houston. I mean, it's I think it's pretty much just one perspective. It's uh, obviously a team that's done well or somewhat well so far in this early season in Pittsburgh, and then you got Houston that's 0-2, and that 0-2 trend where they're trying to get their win because, of course, going 0-3 is going to be pretty tough to make the playoffs uh, historically. So that's where the markets are coming in here, and it seems to me like that would be the way I'd look, especially if you look at Houston. They've obviously played the top two power-rated teams in the NFL in Houston and, I mean, sorry, in Baltimore and Kansas City. So how much of that is just the opponents that they had to play. I'm not, not that I'm super high on this Houston's uh, coaching staff or anything like that, but it just seems like this would be the time uh, that they'd have to come out. But again, I don't think they're definitely not taking a huge step down in class from the Pittsburgh. It's not like they're getting a bottom type of bottom feeder type of team. So to me, the spread is a little bit more uh, kind of right. I think it, uh, if I had to lean, I'd probably lean Houston, but again, it's not going to be a huge play. And where, where I'd look at this game, if I'm going to take advantage of it, it seems to me like, this total seems pretty low. I, I don't know. To, to me, it seems like this should be in the 47, 48 range, and the fact that we're getting a 45 seems like a bargain to me. So, yeah, I definitely like the over here. feels like there's going to be some points. I don't think either of these two defenses are going to be capable of stopping of, of these offenses. So I think, yeah, there's going to be quite a bit of quite a bit of points in a higher-paced game. So, yeah, I'll, I like the over here. Yeah, I don't know. I I liked Houston like last week against the Ravens, and like I guess said last week too on the pod, just seemed to get trucked betting against the Ravens or going against them. I didn't release it as a play, but I just liked it myself. And um, yeah, it didn't work out at all. Texans just looked pretty brutal again. So that's, I don't know, it's frustrating. So again, it's like, well, they're 0-2, which should be a good spot. And they've played the Chiefs and the Ravens, which are arguably the two best teams in the league. So do you cut them some slack for that and expect them to come out with a better performance here against Pittsburgh? I'd say probably. But at the same time, I, I don't know. I, I haven't been all that impressed with the Steelers uh, kind of sneaking by Denver last week and almost letting Driscoll come back and beat them. That's just, you know, pretty pretty ridiculous. And uh, and who did they play in week one? They played, uh, why am I blanking? Oh, yeah, the Giants in that Sunday night, or wasn't a Monday night game. That was uh, pretty unimpressive, too, and they only ended up beating the Giants by 10, so... I don't. I really haven't been all that impressed with the uh, with the Steelers so far, and I think you could make a pretty compelling case that Houston, spot wise and just you know perception wise, 
might be uh, a little bit undervalued here. So four isn't a great number. I know it's not not a ton of points. I feel like you know 20 years ago you probably would have been getting seven in this game, but uh, I think people are a little little sharper now than they were then. So I would still lean with Houston, but it's not not a big enough number where I'm gonna like you know be jamming it super hard by any means this week. Uh, next game, we got the banged-up 49ers heading to New York to play the Giants. Uh, Niners is laying three and a half here on the road with a total of 41 and a half. Yeah, my power in here, San Francisco, minus four. Look at line, San Francisco, six and a half, obviously, due to the injuries. It's been adjusted. And then the opener here uh, was four, So, and the total opened 41 and a half. Uh, for me, it just seems like uh, that total seems about right. It just seems hard. I kind of want to take advantage, you know, try to bet this game under, but it just kind of seems, you know, too low here and want something fluky, especially with Mullins. He might have a chip on his shoulder. I just, I just don't feel like the total is, uh, not, not too excited about that from a spread perspective. I do already, I did already bet the Giants here at, uh, a better number. It's came down a little bit now since it opened. Uh, I think I got that four in the hook, but it just, it just seems like three and a half. It, it was already kind of, it seems like to me at that number was a little bit wishy washy. Now you get, down to three and a half. Just yeah, to me, there's just really not a whole lot of value left in it. That uh, not there was a ton to begin with. So just kind of uh, picking at the bone here. But yeah, to me, it just seems like I just don't. Know, I just don't really know if I trust Daniel Jones in this Giants offense, and I don't trust their defense. It just seems to me like there's a lot of question marks in this game. So to me, the only way I could look be taking the points. Like I said, I already, I already bet the Giants, but again, don't not in love with it here. Yeah, I was just going to basically say the same thing. There's just way too many question marks for me to have a strong opinion here. With all the San Francisco injuries, and then you look at the Giants with Barkley and Shepard on IR, and I don't know how good they've kind of hung with the Bears and kind of hung with the Steelers, but still ultimately ended up losing and wasn't all that impressive in either game. And and the Niners getting by the Jets, who are probably the worst team in the league. It's like, well, I'm not super impressed with that. And then, yeah, with Mullins, you don't know. So just a lot of, uh, a lot of times, like something like this kind of creates value when there's, question marks if you have a you know if you feel like you have a better knowledge or understanding of what's going to happen than the average person or the bookmakers or whoever that kind of create opportunity but i don't feel like i have a better grasp on how how all these factors are going to come to play than uh than anybody else does so for me it's a pretty easy stay away and one that i'm really not all that interested in even watching so i think this will definitely be on one of the side tvs for sure uh, next game, Tennessee heading to Minnesota. Uh, looks like the Titans are two and a half or three point road favorites here with a total of 49 and a half. Yeah, my power in here, Tennessee three and a half. Look at line Tennessee minus one. The opener here for the total or for, for the spread was Tennessee two and a half and the total was 45 and a half. We're seeing a ton of money here on the over. Just, uh, that's been probably the biggest steam over the, of the week for all these games, I would say. Like I said, this total here opened 45 and a half. Now we're seeing 50s pop. It just, uh, yeah, wow. I, it, I'm sure a lot of it is pretty much you would think a blind bet on this, this Minnesota's atrocious defense of what they've been so far this season, which they don't have any playmakers. They don't have anything that obviously the injury to bar. Not that he was that great to begin with, but again, another injury for somebody that's kind of got some, some kind of, uh, what do you want, you know, cloud on the team that's been there for a while and kind of knows the system. So. Of course, uh, replacing him is going to be a little bit tough, but I don't even think it matters. Like I said, I think there's this, this defense is in shambles right now. It's just pretty tough to watch, obviously, uh, like we mentioned already. So that's where the money for the over is. I, I don't really agree with it myself. I, I feel like 
I'm going to be looking under here for sure. It just seems like Minnesota's hard. They can't put points up on the board. <laughs> they they really can't. And then Tennessee likes to run the ball, and it's they obviously got a good, a really good running back. So I feel like they're going to be running clock, especially if they get a lead. And I just don't see how Minnesota's going to put points up on the board. And I, I get it, their defense is atrocious, but they're going to be out and putting a lot of minutes on the field. But if the offense can't put any points up, it's hard for one team to get the most away there. And I know, and then from a spread perspective, I'm super surprised that this came in under three. I, I've already made a bet on it at Tennessee earlier in the week. It I just seems a little maybe squarish after I got beat really badly on Minnesota bet that I liked a lot. It was actually my pick of the week last week. And like I said, I just thought that was their bounce back spot. And I just saw absolutely nothing from them and a, and a really pretty good situation for them. So the fact that that's just a, a really big uh, red flag for me and it seems like a, a definitely a sell sign here on Minnesota. It seems like this spread should be, like I said, my power rating puts at three and a half. It seems like it should be at least that, if not higher uh, for me. So it seems like you're getting quite a bit of value. I, I won't say value, but it seems like from where I think it should be, it seems like it's value. Uh, but of course, just a standard sharp, quote unquote, sharp betters are going to see the big adjustment here. I think it's an overreaction from one game, but Again, I think it's just the, the spot-wise, I think there's kind of an exception to, to every rule here. And I think, you know, typically I'm going to take the team that comes in after an embarrassing loss and stuff, but they had the same thing in an individual game in week one, and they, they showed nothing. So to me, that's where you go from being a, a bounce-back spot to a, a huge red flag here, like I said. So I don't want any part of Minnesota, so I'm betting Tennessee here. Again, sounds a little square, but that's where I'm going. And I like I said, I also like the under here, feeling like it's uh, basically Minnesota's offense isn't going to be able to put any points on the board. So, yeah, Tennessee in the under. Yeah, that's like on the on the radio all week. It's been everybody talking about whether they're gonna drive down to Iowa and put their mortgage on the Titans and how the garbage the Vikes are. And yeah, and that's yeah, that's like, obviously the biggest concern is everyone else is thinking the same way. Obviously, <laughs> that's yeah. the problem. It's just like yeah, it's just amazing how it's it's just constant. And it's like oh, did you see how bad they were? And it's like man, obviously like anybody with two eyes can see that. And I I hear you're saying I don't think it's necessarily a bad bet, but anybody that thinks it's a sure thing, it's just you know beyond. Not too familiar with how betting works, especially the NFL, where you can watch something all year, five weeks in a row, and then all of a sudden nothing plays out the way it should play out or what you'd expect to. And that's just kind of the the beauty and also the frustrating part about betting and trying to predict what happens in the NFL. Um, as far as the, the – I think that I totally agree on the total. I I don't understand. Like, yeah, like you said, the Vikings defense has been bad, but – I mean, they're a team that keeps trying to establish a run even when they're down 20 in the third quarter, and the Titans are absolutely a grinded-out-with-Derrick-Henry-type team. And I think with how bad the Vikings' run defense is, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Titans are fine just picking up four or five yards of carry and grinding clock, basically just like what happened last week. And, you know, they had last week the, the Titans had the, more of a shootout against the Jags, and... I don't, but I don't think that's who they are. I think that's more the aberration than the rule. I would much more expect that Broncos game from the week one where it was 16-14 Titan, um, a lot more, and even like the Vikes, you know, more the 28-11 like last week as opposed to the 43-34 game week one. I think those were more just, uh, you know, circumstance and, um, who they were playing, pushing the pace and them trying to keep up with them as opposed to, they're trying to put 40 on the board every week. It doesn't seem like either of these teams are that type of team. So the fact that it's up to, you know, nearly 50 now, I just, I don't know. I don't see it. Like maybe, maybe the Vikes are going to try to open it up because it's been so lackluster and they just haven't been on the field. But that, that would just kind of surprise me with Kubiak and, and Zimmer at the controls and, and the Titans side. Like, I don't know. I just don't think they're ever the last like five years. I don't think they've been like an overish team. So 
yeah, the, that over money just kind of astounds me. I would absolutely uh, lean towards the under too. And as far as the side goes, I'd, I don't really have much of an opinion because I think, I think uh, obviously the Titans have looked like the better team so far, and I don't think home field advantage is is uh, much at all of a factor this year. So I think the number's probably around where it should be, and I kind of see it going either way. You'd, you'd think even if the Vikings are an awful bottom quartile team, they're going to have a couple punches at one point or another, and I don't think the Titans are uh, pencil men every single week. I mean, they almost lost to the terrible Jags, and they should have lost to the Broncos week one. So I think they could very easily be 0-2, too. So I don't uh, – I don't not, not in love with betting Tennessee, basically, that often. And um, So, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think if anything, I'd take the Vikings, but I don't love it either because I was on them last week and it didn't work out at all either. So, anyway. On to the next game, we have Washington heading to Cleveland. Uh, the Browns here land seven at home with a total of 45. Um, yeah, sorry, just getting sidetracked. Uh, so, yeah, my power rating here, Cleveland minus seven. I uh, look at line, Cleveland five and a half, and the Westgate opened spread side, uh, Cleveland six and a half, and the total here opened 44 and a half. This one here, yeah, I'll make it quick. I really don't have an opinion. I think this is properly lined. It seems like seven's right about the right, about the right number. I I really don't want any part of Washington. I I said that last year as well. Just Haskins, I wasn't very impressed with. It's just you know really tough to 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 go with a bet when you just have no faith really in the quarterback to especially get a backdoor or anything like that. Not that I'm not going to be betting them, but and then I feel like Cleveland is. You know, it's tough because I feel like they one one minute they play like the uh, lights out, the next minute they play like they're uh, a bottom feeder team. So I think they're a pretty big, uh, a pretty big question mark, tough team to, to figure out. So, yeah, with me, I think the total here would be nice to try to get involved there. But, yeah, it kind of seems right where I want, right where I made it myself. So I really don't have an angle on this game at all. So it's an easy pass for me, side end total. Yeah, I don't, know. I don't have much of an opinion either. Cleveland's not a team I feel comfortable laying points with. Just look at last week when – they got backdoored by the Bengals, and yeah, from week to week, they just seem like kind of a wild card that it's hard to put your finger on. And then Washington, um, you know, they basically looked bad for six quarters and looked good for two so far this year. And I don't know, I think they've, their defense can be respectable at times, but I'm also not a Haskins fan, so I wouldn't be surprised if they got blown out, but I wouldn't be surprised if they came through the back door. I wouldn't be surprised if Cleveland threw up another dud and they Washington won outright. So I. I don't know. Yeah, I don't have uh, much of an opinion on this game. I don't think it's a amazing game from a viewership standpoint, but at least from an intrigue standpoint, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. So I'll be curious to see what does happen and uh, see if there's anything you can glean from that going forward. Next game, Cincinnati heading to Philadelphia. Uh, Eagles laying four and a half here at home with a total of 47, 47 and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, Philadelphia minus six. Look at line, Philly minus six. The opener was Philly five and a half, and the total here opened 46 and a half. Another game here just seems to me, I, I had a bet on Philadelphia last week. I thought they were going to be in a good spot there and, and kind of show something, kind of similar to Minnesota. And, again, they kind of were in there, and then the final score is a little misleading. I suppose that Minnesota final score really wasn't at all. But uh, with Philadelphia, they had a chance there to to take the lead later in the game and, and kind of were driving and then had a turnover and kind of just went downhill from there. But they were they were kind of in it at times, but it's just still pretty lackluster performance. So, of course, now they're going to have a huge downgrade in, uh, in class against Cincinnati and a rookie quarterback. But to me, it just seems like 
do, do you really trust Philly laying points here? It just it just seems really hard. And but at the same time, I don't really want to. Since I don't think Cincinnati's gonna be able to step in front of Philly either. So I mean, I, I I'd, I'd want to bet Philly here again and come back to the well, but it just seems like just I don't know if they have it. This the firepower here, and they're just banged up and and have a lot of issues, especially on offense. So to me, it's just uh, it's gonna be tough to get to the window. But the only way I could look would be laying the points here with Philly. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, don't think I'll be able to pull the trigger on them. Even I wasn't, I haven't been on Philly at all this year. I think they obviously have a higher ceiling than where you could look five weeks from now, and this could be in really, really cheap. But as they're playing now and the injuries and everything, I just don't necessarily trust them enough to put my money on them. And Burroughs looked good for Cincy, and they've had a little extra time to prepare here, and they're owing two. So, I mean, they're both owing two, but so I don't know. It's just. Uh, not really, not really a spot where I would want to back either team. So, um, another one kind of like the last game where I think this will be kind of interesting to see how it plays out and from an intrigue standpoint. But as far as, uh, do I feel comfortable betting either side of it? No, not, not at all. So pretty easy pass for me. Next game, Chicago heading to Atlanta. Looks like, uh, the Falcons are three point home favorites, some extra juice or three and a half and a total of 47 and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, Atlanta, two and a half. Look at line, Atlanta minus three. Westgate open Atlanta three, and the total here open 47. It's not a ton of movement, a little bit of money on Atlanta. Um, power ratings-wise, it looks like a play for Chicago, but yeah, I'm not going to be able to get there at all with Trubisky. I mean, if anything, I, I, I like the Atlanta side more so. I don't know if I'm going to get there, but if, especially if it comes down at all, which would be you know like a flat three probably would be a buy price for me, which is pretty close to there, so I might be involved. On Atlanta, laying the points. It just—I know I mentioned in the in the first segment with Dallas. I mean, they were really fortunate to to be as close in that game as they were. And I know they were dominated and they made some mistakes. So that's what most people are going to say. The typical people are just recapping the game. They look at box scores or look at just uh, the flow of the game or what the score was, you know, at halftime, whatever. But like I said, when we're watching that game. How many mistakes and fumbles? And then they had that uh, that Dallas. I'm talking about how many fumbles they had, mistakes. I think they had what four turnovers or something in the first quarter, or three turnovers, and then they had that that punt that they botched or something. It went like 10 yards. So it's basically like a turnover. So it's like, yeah, Dallas just kept shooting themselves in the foot. So, you know, that's the other thing. Of course, Atlanta lost, but they did cover last week against Dallas. But that's obviously a big concern when they go in and lose the game when they have that many turnovers. But of course they kind of started shooting themselves in the foot towards the end of the game there too. So I think they kind of, that's the thing you kind of worry about kind of similar to Detroit. Is that just kind of the team that they are and kind of the, the culture that they have there with the coaching staff and everything else. It seems like that's kind of a familiar uh, viewpoint from how they operate with, with end of games. You look at the Super Bowl several years ago, it just kind of seems like, you know, is it a coincidence or is it something else going on there? So um, with all that being said, and then you have to ask them to lay three points. That's what seems like a little bit of a tall ask. But like I said, that's the only way I could look because I just really want no part of Chicago and Trubisky. I mean, talk about uh, smoke and mirrors here with uh, a quarterback I, just, I don't like at all, and he looks like he's a decent player if you just look at his stats for the first couple of weeks here in the Chicago team. So I feel like they're going to be due for a regression here, so I would uh, definitely try to buy uh, or sell them here sooner rather than later and uh, take the Atlanta side of anything. But, again, just not a number that I love. Uh, I was hoping this would come in under three. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. We haven't talked about any of these games, and there's another game where I basically was going to give the exact same spiel as you did that, would want to bet Atlanta. Don't think I could do it at this number. I'd want to bet against Chicago. But yeah, at, at this price, it's just, yeah, is Atlanta just a team that's, even though they are going to put up points and whatever, like I just don't trust them at the end of the game. And if you were talking about just to win the game, sure. 
But when you're asking them to lay extra juice at three or over three, it just seems like it's pretty pricey. And yeah, there's a chance that they just blow them out or win easily. And you're like, God, I definitely missed an opportunity there. And, but at the same time, I I would feel worse if I bet on them and then they blow it and they end up winning by three and you push or lose by a hook and think, well, why did I trust Atlanta against the Chicago team that just kind of seems to, you know, I, I don't know, be in games like that and go back and forth and. So yeah, no, I, in, that, in that type of game, I want to take the points, but with these two teams, I'd rather play Atlanta. So the way the number is, it's just an easy pass for me. All right, on to the late games. First one, we got the Jets heading to Indianapolis. Looks like the Colts are laying eleven and a half here at home with a total of forty-four. Yeah, um, great game here. Uh, power rating: Indianapolis minus nine and a half. Look at line: Indy minus seven. Opener for the spread was Indy minus nine, and the total here opened 44. I'm just, yeah, I think the problem is I really want to bet against Indianapolis, especially after last week. Like I said, I just feel like there's that just a pathetic performance by Minnesota, and then even Indy the week before, I just the, the the level of competition, I feel like they're going to be naturally overrated here, and I really don't want to. I really think uh, Rivers is going to have some issues here, and we're going to see his true colors come out. Obviously, being an older quarterback and everything, but of course, now I step against uh, another terrible team in the Jets. Might be some people have them lower, uh, lower power ratings than Jag- Jaguars now in the, in the whole league. So, with that being said, I feel like there's, I think there's got to be value on the Jets. I don't know how there's not at anything over 10. So, to me, it's one of those uh, where you, you take them and don't watch them, and you might lose, you might get blown out. But I feel like the value here long term is you got to take the Jets. But uh, for sure, can't take Indy laying the points. I don't see how you could do that. Even teaser, I don't. I don't think you could do that either. I think this is a. I, I won't be surprised if the Jets won outright. To be honest, uh, I mean, I feel like this is a, this high of a spread. I feel like it's. I, I don't know. Like I said, I feel like the Jets have a shot here at just two games, and I feel like everyone's uh, on their heels with this kind of the same story as last year. So I don't. I really don't have a whole lot of faith in the Jets. But again, um, just more so, just only from a value perspective. If you're going to give me 11, 11 and a half, it just feels like that's where you'd have to look. I'm not sure if I'm even going to bet it, but if I do, it's obviously going to be only a one-way street on the Jets. Yeah, this just seems like the, the type of situation in the last handful of years where I've been on the underdog saying, you know, the Colts aren't good enough to be laying 11 and a half, give me the points. And I've just basically got my teeth kicked in pretty much every time I've done it. And so whether it was like the Jags a few years ago or the Browns a couple of years ago, or it just seems like these, maybe the Jets aren't on that level of badness necessarily. They lost to the Bills by 10 and then the Niners <laughs> and just a bad game last week by 18. So maybe that's, uh, you know, not exactly who they are and they're not that like worst team in the league, but I don't know. I just, it's just, they really haven't shown me many signs of anything and I wasn't high on them coming into the year. So, I would never lay 11 and a half with Colts, that's for sure. But as far as, you know, I just think betting like really, really bad teams, even though the number feels like there's a little bit of value, I don't think we're talking about quitting necessarily yet, but it just seems like when they're, when they get to a certain level of badness, I don't care if you are getting a little extra points. It's just better. I think there's better different opportunities for me personally. So that's something I'm trying to do this year is just stay away from backing the really bad teams even if I do think there's a little bit of extra value, which I do think that it here. I mean, 11.5 seems like a pretty ridiculous number that I don't think the Colts should be laying against anybody, but I also don't think I'm going to step in and, and bet my money against them for that reason. So next game, Carolina heading to L.A. to play the Chargers, and it uh, looks like the Chargers are 6.5-point home favorites here, the total of 
Yeah, my power rating, Chargers minus six. Look at line, Chargers six. The opener, Chargers six and a half. And the total, open 44 and a half. So, yeah, a little bit of movement on the total under. Not a ton, but uh, that's where it's leaning towards is the under. No opinion, I don't think, for me. It's just, especially with the injury, obviously, on the running back for Carolina. So, it just seems like it's going to be a little bit more. T- it's going to be tough to see what their game plan is going to be. So, I think total is going to be a little bit harder to bet. Uh, with that being said, I, I think from a side perspective, I think, yeah, if you, I really wanted to get seven. I'm kind of waiting for seven. Even at six and a half, I think it's worth a bet here on Carolina getting the points. It just seems like I think people are overreacting a little bit to, to Herbert. It looks like he's getting the start. So it's just seems like, uh, you know, one good game. And then we are, you know, talk about it. You hear it a lot. We don't really talk about it much here, but when you have the, a new quarterback coming in that you weren't expected or you didn't game plan for, whether it be a rookie or whether it be somebody that's on the bench, a backup and, Last minute, the starter gets pulled or something happens, an injury, and then they have to all of a sudden play the backup uh, in the game. Of course, that other team's not going to be prepared for them from the defense perspective, so it kind of catches them off guard. And it seems like it seems – I don't know what the percentage is, obviously, so it's kind of just talking you know, hearsay, but it just seems like it's that does pretty well when you know just surprising the defense when they're not prepared for them. So it seems like now they have a week to, to get that, and then Carolina's kind of on the back as well. But the uh, the problem for me is I don't I don't really see the urgency from Carolina. That's the problem where I'm not uh, really in love with this this play. And I, I, like I said, I wish it was seven two. So there's a few things working against the Carolina bet. But again, that's where I'm gonna be looking at, and I, I might have a play on Carolina. That'd be the way I'd look for sure. Here's uh, taking the points here with with the Panthers. Yeah, that's definitely the way I'm looking as well. The thing that kind of scares me is uh, Teddy just really hasn't looked all that good to me this year. There's been a lot of plays where he's just kind of been like unaware and just hasn't made good throws when he's been kind of scrambling and running for his life a decent amount. And I don't know how many turnovers he actually had last week against Tampa, but it just didn't look uh, visually all that pleasing. I guess he had four turnovers. Um, I don't know how many were on him necessarily. He had two picks and, um, and a fumble. So yeah, like, Three turnovers against Tampa, who's an okay defense, was not like they're like a phenomenal defense. And that's the one thing you could usually say about Teddy and hang your hat on was, well, he's going to take care of the ball and he's not going to make unnecessary risks and he's going to be effective and efficient. He's just not going to like win games, but he's not going to lose you games. And that's probably the type of quarterback you want in this type of point spread range where they just want him to keep it close and grind it out and not, not turn the ball over. And I would say that's probably an aberration last week and, He's more so likely going to get back to more of a conservative protect-the-ball game style. And uh, I think the the Chargers are a classic team that they've been like this forever, I think, where they just kind of play up or down to their competition. You know, week one, they're playing in a low-scoring, just ugly game against the Bengals in a game they should have probably lost and barely pulled out. And then last week, um, kind of a somewhat similar game against the Chiefs where they probably should have won and they ended up losing in late by both these games have been decided by three. So I just feel like the Chargers are a team that's going to play their competition. And I think the Panthers, even with McCaffrey out, assuming Teddy uh, protects the ball, I think they're going to play a lot of fairly close games and they end up losing by 14 last week, but that was a little misleading because uh, Fournette broke off a, a run late to, to score when the game was already over else they would have lost by seven. So I think these. Um, I think the Chargers are definitely the better team, but I, I think, like I said, they're going to play down their competition. And six and a half feels like quite a bit to get here. So, um, yeah, I like the the Panthers a decent amount as well. Next game, we got Detroit heading to Arizona. Looks like the Cardinals are laying five and a half here at home with a total of fifty-five and a half. 
Um, yeah, one second here. Um, yeah, so looks like yeah, my power rating Arizona minus five. Look at line. Arizona three and a half. The Westgate open Arizona five and a half, and the total here open fifty three. This one to me, it's again. I, I feel like there's some value for sure. I, this is typically where I want to bet against Arizona after the start that they've had and everything else in Detroit. But the problem is, is I had the same situation last week, and you, you know, you, like you said, get your teeth kicked in. It kind of just gets kind of get tired of it. But again, it's just one week. But you don't overreact. But again, it's just kind of hard to get back to the well. And I feel like. I'm, I'm maybe higher, not higher on Arizona, but I, I think I was higher on Arizona last year. And I think now the market's kind of caught up with that a little bit, especially like Murray. I think he's able to make plays and everything. Everyone else has kind of said there's no chance and he's going to be too short. And it just seems like if you just do the eye test, he's, he just look how much more, you know, he can evade the pressure and, and he make plays. So he's been playing good. And the, the problem is, is that going to continue? And then now you're looking like they're like a, a higher caliber team, especially with all the love that Detroit got early in the season. So it's kind of just crazy what the, the difference in perspective here of a few games. So to me, the only way I could bet here would be, would be Detroit with the, you know, getting six. But again, it's just kind of tough because I feel like it was a better situation for them last week in a divisional game against the Packers where they've had a lot of success against. So, um, yeah, I, I might have a, a small play on them, but it's just hard to, to be overly excited after, like I said, having a better situation in my opinion last week. So this, uh, this seems like a Detroit spot, but I'm not sure. I, I think I do have a, a small bet on it already, but again, it's just not something I'm overly in, lo- in love with here with, uh, the current environment. Yeah, I think if I was forced, I would probably go Arizona, but I, I feel in general fairly similar about the game. I, I think if this game was played week one, it probably would have been three, or even people might have leaned towards Detroit as a, you know, a better team, all things being considered. And the way they've, should have won the game week one, and then I thought halfway through last week, I'm like, okay, Detroit's kind of who we thought they were. They're, you know, a pesky team that's decent and is going to be in a lot of these games, and then they just totally rolled over and got smoked by the Packers. And is that is the Packers are a really good team, or is that that Detroit's more so what they have been instead of what people were kind of projecting them to be? I'm not totally sure, and I, I do think Arizona's quite a bit a better team. And here you got the two and zero versus zero and two, so. It's, it should be a really good spot for Detroit with uh, the extra motivation against a team that's probably a little comfortable in Arizona. But I also just Detroit, kind of like we were talking about with Atlanta, they're just a team like that that they can play a great game or you know be dominating the whole time, and then the next thing you know they make a couple bad turnovers or whatever, and they end up losing by 14. And you're like, how did they not cover that bet? They they dominated you know a team for three and a half quarters and somehow, and I'm catching five and a half, six here and I'm still not even winning. It's just, there's a type of team that does that. So I don't feel comfortable at all um, betting Arizona, but I think if they forced me to pick, I would pick that. But yeah, it's not, a, not a game I really want either side of, because I do think the, the Cardinals are, are probably a team you'd want to sell on and are probably rated, you know, not as high as they're going to be all year, but, I think people are kind of projecting them to be a above average team easily. And I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I think it might've just been a couple of a game against Washington, which was pretty brutal. And then a weird game against the Niners that uh, we said are kind of banged up and uncertain about how good they even are right now. So I don't uh, think it's a legitimately great two and all necessarily for Arizona, but yeah, game long story short, uh, um, you know, I'm not going to be involved with. All right. Uh, next game, Tampa heading to Denver. Uh, it looks like Tampa's land five and a half here on the road and a uh, total of 43. Yeah, my power right here, Tampa minus five. Look headline, Tampa three and a half. Westgate open, Tampa five and a half. And the total 
open 43 and a half. It just seems to me uh, with this one here, it's just another, another tough game. I, I don't, not, not a whole lot of opinion. I know that for this personally, the, for me, the card definitely was stronger for the first part of this card than the second part. I know I'm just looking down the, the list here. There's a lot of good games in the, the latter part of this card, but it just seems like there's not as much value or, or places to come from. I mean, again, I'm not going to be betting on Tampa here. I just feel like they're overvalued with all the playmakers and the Brady environment, the Brady experience, all that stuff. And I feel like he's just a fade all year or pass. So I'm not going to be on Tampa a whole lot this year. And it just comes down to, do I really want to bet Driscoll? I, I feel like it'd be a lot better with Locke here. And I don't think the spread would be that effective that much. I think the marketplace is saying Driscoll and Locke are pretty similar quarterbacks, at least from, you know, just look at the point perspective, maybe a point, point, point and a half difference at, at the most. But I feel like I'd, much prefer to take four as as opposed to five and a half, six here and, and get the, in my opinion, better quarterback that at least has some has some kind of playmaker ability where Driscoll, we saw him with Detroit, and it just seems like, boy, you're just hitting, banging your head against the wall last year, and maybe that's just more of a Detroit problem. But, again, I just it's going to be hard for me to get to the window. Um, I think I'll probably be taking advantage of Tampa when they're playing somewhat middle-tier teams instead of these, these lower-tier teams, or at least lower-tier quarterbacks, I guess I should say. So, Long, yeah, long story short, it seems to me like I'll take uh, Denver here in the points, if anything. But, uh, again, I'm not going to be laying points here with Tampa. and uh, I don't I really don't have an opinion on the total. So I'll, I'll lean towards Denver here, maybe some value. Yeah, I, I don't have much of an opinion. I'd, I'd want to bet against Driscoll because I think Denver is just kind of banged up. And their team, I, uh, I think it might be kind of just trending towards a lost season early for them and don't expect them to be super uh, – full of life, even though they did kind of hang around with Pittsburgh. But, yeah, I don't know. Tampa, even though they won and covered last week against Carolina, I wasn't all that impressed with them still. Uh, so, yeah, they're not a team I'm going to lay five and a half with on the road, that's for sure. Even though I'd prefer to bet against the Denver side, just can't do it. So, for me, this is uh, about as easy as it gets just to, to stay away. All right, last afternoon game is uh, Dallas heading to Seattle. And uh, Seahawks land five here at home with a total of fifty six and a half, fifty seven. Sorry, um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Seattle minus two and a half is my power rating. Look headline: Seattle three and a half, even money. And the Westgate open Seattle four and a half, and the total here open fifty six. Crazy total, pretty high. I mean, now we're seeing like you said, fifty seven, fifty seven and a half. It just boy, is it's. You want to take it under from a from a value perspective, but it just seems like who's going to stop who here? And I I know I said last week how awful that and atrocious that Dallas defense was. So yeah, boy. And then and then obviously Russell, Russell Wilson's looking just pretty phenomenal too. Which we'll see if that continues or not. And of course with everything in the MVP voting, but you know kudos to him. And I feel like Dallas is is, is due to put some points too. So I mean I I have no no way I'm able to bet this over, but it just it seems like I'm probably going to pump the brakes on betting this under, even though it seems like there's some value maybe with how inflated this number is. so, uh, But with, uh, from a spread perspective, it seems like it's kind of similar. I feel like everything's pointing uh, and indicating towards the Dallas side. I feel like you're getting some extra value here with everything going on with Seattle and, and how Dallas looked pretty bad last week. Like I already mentioned the turnovers, which is a good thing for them with those basically fluky turnovers, fluky fumbles, and they weren't able to recover them, and Atlanta got them. So those are a lot of the, the turnover differentials, kind of a more random uh, stat. So that seems like that's going to regress the mean over the long over the long run. So, all that, all those factors kind of point to Dallas for me, but again, I just feel like, I don't know if Seattle, if I really want to step in front of them right now, they might be a pretty, pretty close to an elite team and Russell's playing, uh, you know, pretty, uh, pretty buttoned up here and playing pretty well. So it just seems like it's going to be tough for me to step in front of them, especially after I got a little bit burned with Dallas last week. So again, I'm going to be looking to the Dallas side or pass, but, uh, I don't know if I can get to the window. 
Yeah, see, I, I think um, I didn't have Dallas last week, obviously, but I think this is kind of a similar deal to where it was last week. Um, you know, I think Seattle's a little bit better than Atlanta, but the way Seattle's played the first couple weeks, um, like even last week, I thought there was a chance they could have blown out the, the Pats, and they just kind of let them hang around, and I just don't think their defense is all that good. And then week one, they, you know, they looked pretty good, I guess, against the Falcons, and they ended up winning by 13, and they were blowing them out basically the whole way. But I, I don't, I don't know. I just don't think their defense is all, all that great. And I think Dallas is, like I said last week, just a dead nuts over team where they have a pretty mediocre to bad defense and they think an offense that's going to get better and better as the season goes on and put up quite a few points. So would have liked to take this over ideally, but yeah, this, this total is just crazy, especially think about like that from a Seattle perspective a couple of years ago, talking about a, a game in Seattle with a total of 57. That'd just be madness, but. Here we are, and uh, I think it's you know it's justified. So I think like last week um, when we were talking about in the price spread range of you know this of five or so, I thought it made sense to take Atlanta and just take the points in a game that's probably going to be a back and forth type shootout. And I think this it's kind of the same principle to me. Uh, take the you know the five with Dallas, and I could see it going back and forth, and maybe the last person to have the ball wins, or even if Seattle's up ten. I'd feel pretty good about Dak getting the backdoor score to, to cover this number. So not my favorite bet of the week necessarily, but I I think, uh, I, don't, I don't know, like especially even going into the year, the, I think a lot of people would have said that Dallas was a better to much better team than Seattle. And, uh, yeah, sure, we've seen a little bit here that can kind of change your mind, but I, I'm also not ready to totally buy in to, uh, to the Seahawks necessarily as a top team in the NFC or that Dallas is – below average either necessarily so i like dallas uh all right sunday night green bay heading to new orleans looks like uh, new orleans is a three-point home favorite with a little extra juice and a total of 52 and a half yeah my power in here the saints minus one and a half look at line saints four and a half opened here saints three and a half before monday night football and uh, flat three afterwards tuesday morning and then the total here similarly 51 and a half and then it reopened at 53 and a half so you can just see the adjustment. Now I see even more adjustment. Uh, or sorry, not any more adjustment, but yeah, a little more, a little bit more of adjustment after the Monday night game. So yeah, that's kind of sat, you know, settled in a little bit right there, a little bit less than that, 52 and a half, 53, like you mentioned. It, this one, this one's tough for me. It, it seems like, like I said, my power ratings has this game coming in less than a field goal. So that means I'd take the Green Bay side, but I just really don't want to be back in Green Bay right now. They've looked about as good as, pos- as, as they possibly can. Rodgers has looked lights out. And been playing pretty phenomenally, especially when people have kind of been saying that he's getting older and not not a top tier quarterback anymore. So it, it seems to me like value wise, uh, you know, spot wise, value wise, it seems like New Orleans. But like I said, power ratings wise, and just looking at where I think these teams are right now, it seems like Green Bay. So to me, it's conflicting factors, and I think it'll be a pretty good game. I think we're going to learn a little bit from this game, but uh, most likely don't don't have an involvement. From a personal perspective, but uh, yeah, a flat three, uh, I, I do already have some money on the Saints. But again, I'm not going to be betting it or recommending it myself personally or releasing a play on this game. It would be pretty easy pass all the way around. Yeah, if if I didn't think uh, – I just don't know. I know like maybe I'm overreacting, but watching the Monday night game and even against Tampa, it's like Breeze just like can't throw down field. Even back to the Vikes playoff game last year when they lost. And it's just like I don't think that's – 
you know, an aberration or something that's going to change. I think he's just, his arm strength is just shot. And can they figure out ways around it? Yeah, sure. But against a good team, like I think Green Bay is, it, it might be tough. And I would love, normally I would love New Orleans in this spot. I think at three, off a loss, coming back home, the Packers off two straight big divisional games, it just seems like it'd be a great spot for New Orleans in a pretty fair price range. My my only hesitation is, I mean, I don't I don't think Thomas is going to be back for this game, is he? Do you do you know? I don't think so. I think it's going to be a few weeks, a few three weeks for sure. Oh, and then yeah, and then Adams is likely doubtful for the Packers too. So, I mean, I guess those kind of wash out in a way. But um, not that's going to be the deciding factor in betting the game or not. But it just you know, like a couple of years ago, I would have just loved to hammer New Orleans in this spot. I just I just have enough hesitation about about their offense and how productive it can truly be. Because even, even last week they ended up putting 24 points on the board, but it was a struggle for them. And, uh, you know, even against the Bucks in week one, they had the pick six, and they they moved it a lot better than they did last week. But they still, I don't know, there's just something about it that doesn't visually look all that pleasing to me. So I, I want to take New Orleans here, and I might end up doing it, but I'm just a little, little hesitant to fully pull, pull the trigger until I see Maybe maybe a little something that shows that uh, I'm overreacting to to Breeze being washed up here. So lean New Orleans, but probably won't get there. All right, Monday Nighter, pretty good game here. Kansas City heading to Baltimore. Uh, Ravens laying three and a half here at home with a total of 54. Yeah, my power rain, Baltimore minus three. Look at line, Baltimore two and a half. Westgate open, Baltimore three. Totally here open, 52. Another total that's just getting getting bet up here, which kind of makes sense, obviously, with these two highly touted teams. Uh, I'll make this one simple. It seems to me like there's some value on Kansas City here. I feel like these teams are pretty similar in power ratings. Home field isn't worth three like it normally is. So you're basically saying that Baltimore is a pretty significantly better team here. To to me, it just seems like uh, it's just an overreaction from last week after Kansas City just snuck, snuck by there with that one game. It seems like if they would have blown out, Kansas, uh, if they would have blown out San Diego, uh, sorry, if they would have blown out Los Angeles, the Chargers last week, I feel like this spread's going to come in at two and a half, two, somewhere in there. It seems like where it would sit. So the fact that you're getting three and a hook, it just seems like it's an overreaction from Baltimore blowing the doors off of some, some teams that, okay, so be it. And then Kansas City's always, I think, struggled against the Chargers, it seems like, for whatever reason. So it seems to me like, uh, getting points here in this game is just the way to go. So I'll be, uh, I'll be taking Kansas City plus three and a half here. Yeah, I, I'm going to sound like a broken record. I'm just going to go ahead and put in my weekly spiel and hit play. Uh, I like betting against Baltimore again. I just think Kansas City's a better team. And getting, yeah, like you said, with home field being diminished and all that, and Kansas City coming off of, by no means, I don't think they're going to get, even though they're 2-0, are they going to be overly thrilled with how the, they played last week and how the game ended? I feel like if anybody's going to be more satisfied to be Baltimore off two huge blowouts. But I'm sure Baltimore has a little bit, even though they didn't lose to Kansas City in the playoffs last year, um, they, I'm sure they got a little bit more chip on their shoulder the way they went out, even though they're the number one seed and didn't even get the opportunity to play Kansas City. So I'm sure they're going to be motivated to want to show that they're they're the best team and, and should be the number one seed again. Um, but I just, I just, I don't know. I, I think Kansas City is just overall just a better team. And getting this points when I don't think the spot overly favors anybody it just seems like the way to go to me. And I mean, if it, if I hadn't been getting my hand slapped every single week betting against Baltimore, I'd really, really like Kansas City here. But it just 
I have so much, you know, uh, whatever PTSD and just, uh, trauma built up from, from just getting slapped constantly by Baltimore that, uh, I'll probably end up betting Kansas City, but I won't go as heavy on it as I'd like to. So anyway, that'll, uh, that'll do it. There's every game and, uh, for week three, let's go ahead and finish up the pod with our picks of the week. The AS pick of the week. All right. So last week, I had a teaser with the Cardinals down to basically win the game and the Niners, and they both won pretty easily by double digits. So I got to 1-0 and in the year. You had the old Vikings that uh, were just dead the entire game. So 0-1 on the year. So it looks like I have the T-Box still, huh? Yes, sir. All right. Um, boy, yeah, there's not, not a whole lot to that really jumps out at me this week that I'm just all that in love with, which is uh probably a good sign because it seems like the weeks where I do just love a few things that doesn't go my way. But um I, th- I think like the under in the Vikings game is something I'd really contemplate. But I do worry, I mean, not that I'm going to like automatically lock it out, but whenever you're fading like huge steam like that, it does kind of worry me a little bit where – uh, give me, you know, it makes me hesitate where I was still probably bet it, but as far as like one of my favorite picks, I don't, I don't know quite about that. Um, yeah, I went down with this team enough time that I might as well do it again. Uh, I think I'm going to take Houston plus four. I just think it's a pretty good spot for them and a game that I think they'll probably be able to keep close. So I'll go with the Texans plus four. What, uh, what are you thinking? <laughs> yeah, well, we land on the same game. Um, pretty funny because that's what uh, I was wondering what you're going to go with. I wasn't really quite sure from the listen to you. So yeah, I'm going to be on the same game, but I'm going to be on the total. And like I already mentioned, I like this quite a bit. I'm, I'm taking the over 45 pretty much across the board. So pretty easy there for a number, but yeah, I'll be taking Houston Pittsburgh up and over that 45 total number. All right. Well, let's fire up some Deshaun Watson scores uh, early and often there and get us both home. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Hopefully it can, uh, yeah, getting pretty sick of, of, of losing here. I've had a pretty rough stretch here. Last season wasn't my first losing NFL season when I personally bet, uh, was last year. And then now I'm starting out the season here bad. So it's definitely starting, uh, you know, not, not, not good. And I definitely need to get back on the, on the right, right horse here and, and get her going. Yeah. I, I hear you there. That, that sounds good to me. I think this is a good week too, to, uh, you know, check the website at aronsports.com and, any plays that we release will be uh, be up there Sunday morning, and I can see this definitely being a week where if some moves come in Sunday morning that uh, I don't agree with it might create some value that's not here right now. So that uh, something to keep in mind here as the as the week goes on, even though it's already a little bit later in the week. But anyway, we should uh, be back to a normal time either uh, you know, Tuesday or Wednesday next week and uh, get back on normal schedule here. But Best of luck to everybody in week three, and we'll be back next week to talk about it all. So see you later. Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.